0: Brendan Tobin out of Tapped Out. He has a new show with him and Sean Levine focused on MMA and boxing. Saturdays 5 to 7 Eastern on twitch.tv slash BetQL. Also on the BetQL network and on the Odyssey app. He also knows a little bit about the Miami Heat. Apparently he is also swole. Very swole. In great shape. And let's go to him now. Uh, Brendan, what's up? Welcome to the uh, BetQL network.
1: What's up, Brendan?
2: Round is a shape, so I appreciate the compliments. Thank you so much. Thanks Brennan, for having me, guys.
1: Brendan, it's funny. Uh, so my buddy, uh, I used to do morning radio in Milwaukee. We had you on a couple times because obviously we got the Heat Bucks rivalry, and you know the fan bases don't like each other. So our morning host today, you had a tweet about the Bucks, and I don't know. He asked me, he's like, "Hey, do you know this Brendan guy, man? I want to start a fight with him online." And I said, "A, he'll kick your ass, and B, yeah, you've had him on your show like seven times, man." But all that being said, your early thoughts on this Heat team, man, because they look really good.
2: Uh, well, they're really injured right now, yeah. so that's been a bit of a bummer. They uh, they had, you know, everybody's uh, you know getting high on Heat culture after the win over the Bucks because they did it with a guy on a two way contract, no, Caleb what? Martin, with twenty eight points. Like nobody right. is like you uh, know what's
0: so crazy. Was, I don't mean to cut you off, Brendan, but you know what's so crazy about that is that Caleb Martin wasn't even supposed to play.
2: No, no, and he's actually gotten a lot of playing time this year. He's just. You know, they, they do this thing where they just find guys out of nowhere and, you know, they kind of empower them. They believe in their talents and, you know, injuries happen. Markeith Morris has been out. He's found his way into the rotation and they like what he brings. They like those guys who are versatile, who are wings, and now he's, uh, you know, get an opportunity to be a little bit of uh, be aggressive, get some offensive opportunities, and that was, that was a really crazy showing on national television for men.
0: Yeah, I know. I had bucks in that game. I think they were minus six and it was like Caleb Martin's supposed to be out, and uh, then he ended up going nuclear, and now I hate the Martin twins. Like now, from now on, I said this earlier on the show, I hate them. Um, So, yeah, he pretty much killed my bet single-handedly. What is your take really on what the Heat can do before the deadline? Because I think, like you said, this is one of the thinner teams in the NBA. I think they're probably even thinner than Chicago, Um, which is kind of saying something. If they lose guys, even though they beat the Bucs with uh, an an amazing showing from Caleb Martin, it's not something I think you can consistently uh, count on. Uh, Do you think that they make a move before the deadline, and and can they, really?
2: I think the only thing that's going to be interesting to watch for them, uh, they gave a lot of money to Duncan Robinson this season, yeah—ninety $90 million contract. He really hasn't found that elite level of shooting yet, um, and he's a guy that's kind of in his own head. And then in that same realm, They have this other guy, Max Strews, who again, he, you know, you know, guy undrafted and he's kind of doing what Duncan Robinson did a couple of years ago. So I, you know, if things continue to trend in this direction, they feel like they could make a move like that. You know, Duncan's got the salary to maybe make that happen, but I don't, I don't think they're, they're quite rats off a ship on him yet. Um, I I think for right now, it's just a case of, you know, the BAM has always been a very durable guy. He got a, he got a weird injury. He should be back by January. And, uh, and Jimmy, you know the tailbone thing was was a bit of a freak show too because he took a really weird fall. He rehabbed it and then fell right back on it like, you know, five play, five minutes into that uh, that Denver Nuggets game. So, look, they get them back. They're not going to look as as thin as they are right now. Uh, the Mar- and Markeith Morris is going to be back soon too. So I think they are going to get a little bit bolstered. Then hopefully all these young guys who are getting experience um, that kind of beefs up a little bit. But Duncan's kind of the guy I would look at and say. If they were going to flip anything anywhere, that would be the way to go. But I, I, you know, they really, really like him, and and I don't think that uh, doing that one year into that new deal would be it would be it would be have to be some really good move that uh, that I think would really bolster him immediately uh, for them to give up on him that quickly. I think.
1: Ah, uh, Brennan, I'm a huge UFC fan, so excited for the new show Tapped Out. You and Sean Levine, you could catch it every Saturday, five to seven p.m. Eastern, right here Twitch TV, BetQL, BetQL Network, and of course the Odyssey app. Uh, I want to start, let's start with, I'm a big Sean O'Malley fan, man. I don't know how good Sean O'Malley could be. I think he could be great, but again, he's 14 and one tomorrow night. I don't really want to lay minus 310. but uh, your thoughts on what comes after this victory, if he does indeed get the win, you know, tomorrow night. Cause I think he's like the next big thing. And now that, you know, we never know when Connor's going to be around Khabib retires early. I think they kind of need that guy that they can market. And I think he, I think it's Sean O'Malley, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, man. They, you know, and it's it's funny how the UFC picks these guys of like who they want to groom a certain way because yeah. you know they'll have a top prospect and they'll just kind of throw them into the fire immediately. Yeah, like they'll be they say there's one fight. They're like, yeah, let's put him in there with a rank guy. Let's see what he's got. And Sean O'Malley's done this fascinating thing where he is popular. He knows his popularity, and he's kind of guiding his career through. I'm going to get through this first contract, and then you can throw me to the lions. Then pay me a little bit more, and I'll take on the tough fights. And honestly, he's found his way into this this uh this fight week again where people are talking about him the most. Him and Cody Garbrandt getting into it at the press conference yesterday, having the face off, and now everybody really wants to see that fight. Now Cody's just happens to be down a weight class now, he's making his flyweight debut this weekend yeah. but it's it's now in your mind, like, oh that's a match I want to see. He's been calling out Dominic Cruz, saying, Dominic Cruz, you're the former champion, you're now on my undercard and things like that. So he is definitely doing the right things as far as generating interest, pissing everybody off, and getting them into the place where, yeah. hey, I want to see this guy fight a bunch of people. But, um, you know, you do have to be careful. Like, this is the UFC. There's still an opportunity where he can get uh, he can get caught with something. And uh, and then all those plans go by. the way, I said, I don't think this is going to be the fight where that happens. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I want to start seeing him against uh, you know, a little bit more of an upper echelon competition, and that's only because – I think the guy's really, really good, and I would like to see him have that kind of Conor McGregor meteoric rise. You know, Conor was already, you know, a champion at this yeah. point in this age, and Sean's had some injuries, but, you know, he is uh, he, he is almost intentionally kind of slow-rolling his career because he wants to, be, uh, wants to be rewarded for those big fights because he knows he's a big draw.
0: Speaking of Conor McGregor, uh, let me just put this gently. Um, he looks pretty fat. It looks like he has hit the buffet line. <laughs> pretty heavy he's up to 190 pounds now they say uh we're obviously probably not going to see him at lightweight again are we and and like secondarily do you think we ever see him in the octagon again
2: yeah we'll definitely see him fight again um he does love it because uh, he you know listen he could have been out of there if he wanted to he sold all that uh for all that whiskey money i think that <laughs> he he doesn't love the fact that these these fights have kind of gone by the side where everybody is forgetting how great his rise was to start him and and carrying the UFC on his back. I'm sure that he does want to have some kind of second round of his career and he's he's not ancient, especially for you for MMA guys. You know, there there's still a window there for him for sure. But you asked a question about the the going back to lightweight. He wasn't thrilled about doing lightweight fights as it was anyway. You know, he came back at the surrounding fights, like, eh, I want to do one seventy and now he's definitely looking like he's packing on the muscle like a guy who wants to fight at one seventy. Um, there are some fun fights for him at one seventy. I'd be into that to see Conor McGregor kind of go there and and go that route as opposed to uh, as opposed to 155 because you know we've kind of seen the Dustin Poirier thing and I don't really know what the other way uh, maybe Islam Makachev with the whole Khabib tie yeah. would be fun to, later down the line but it's uh you know it, it is it is going to be an interesting thing to see how he comes back from this how guys come back and and come from that vicious vicious you know leg breaking he's a guy who's always used his kicks to be successful. And um, and so you wonder if he's going to have that same explosion, that same movement, because those are those are the types of things that made him a star. Uh, not just his mouth, but he was uh, he was a very very unique fighter when he first uh, burst onto the scene.
1: I love rooting against him. That's why I'm a big Dustin fan. Are we back in Dustin? Last I saw, that price was minus 150 in the main event tomorrow night. He's obviously hot right now. What do you think about the main event? Uh, how are you playing it, if at all?
2: Look, I'm super biased for Dustin Poirier. Uh, he trains down here on Coconut Creek. I've always, you know, he's always been very good on uh, on our show and all that type of stuff. So I, I do always lean Dustin Poirier. He's one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. And I, and I do like the fact that he's finally getting, I think, his shine and recognition as one of the most entertaining watches in the UFC. However, this is a tough fight. I mean, like, listen, Charles Oliveira really doesn't have a weakness. I think people fight, you know, went to this realm of he was going to be, you know, the jujitsu guy. And in a lot of ways, their careers kind of parallel themselves because Dustin was a 145er who went to 155 and then really took off. His career took off like a rocket. Same thing with Charles Oliveira. You know, had some weight issues to make a 145, went to 155. dude was basically unbeatable. Um, The only thing that I I look at these guys and I think, man, neither one of them really has weakness. Dustin, I think, has the edge as far as, like, been in every big fight, his resume as far as the who's who he's taken on is incredible, and especially the guys that he's beat. Um, you know, really uh, over over the last five years, you only look to that Habib loss as the one, and he almost got Khabib with that yeah. with that guillotine at one point. So, yeah, I'm back at Dustin. I think that he's, he's going to get done, but I, I don't think he's going to finish him. I think this is one of those where I think it, it does go the distance. Um, but the thing that I love about Dustin is the longer the fight goes, typically the better he gets. The more crazy the fight gets, the better he gets. And I don't think that that's something that Charles Oliveira is is quite ready for. I think that that's where he's going to be like, whoa, this guy's a different kind of beast, and uh, and thus we'll get that long-awaited uh, undisputed crown that uh, that would kind of top off uh, every every other checklist in his career.
0: Uh, over to the women, Juliana Pena is the next. I would call it like what, a sacrificial lamb for Amanda Nunez. <laughs> like he, she's minus yeah. 1,000 as a favorite. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like night-night sleep mask for uh, Juliana. Uh, do you think Amanda Nunez is the most dominant fighter in her division in UFC history?
2: Yeah, I I, I, I say this with her. Like there's, it's such a rare thing in sports where, you know, you go to pretty much every other realm and they're like, hey, there's a, there's a goat debate here. As far as women's mixed martial arts, there's no debate. She's beaten everybody there is to beat. She's beaten Chris Cyborg. She's beaten Ronda Rousey. She's beaten Valentina Shevchenko twice, even if Valent- people think that maybe Valentina got a nod on some. She got the wins twice. Um, so everybody who has been high level in women's mixed martial arts, she has taken out. She has taken out most of them in very dominant fashion outside of Shevchenko. Um, yeah, I think that there's, there's no doubt. She's, uh, she's the best to do it. Julianna has definitely made this an interesting week because she has not backed off. She has been very vocal. She has talked it up. I think in a lot of ways she talked her way into this fight. And blessed for that, you know, you know, she was kind of supposed to be in the spotlight a long time ago. She had a vicious knee injury. Then she ended up becoming, you know, uh, stepped away to become a, a mom. And so everybody always thought very highly of her skills and thought that she could be something big in the UFC. It's just, like you said, Amanda is just a different level. It's It's very, very tough to think. The only thing I was kind of wondering this Friday was, all right, how's Amanda going to look at weigh-ins? You know, she is going back down to bantamweight. She had COVID, yeah. and she was one of the first on the scale. So I, I, I kind of checked, I kind of scratched that one off and said, All right, there's not going to be any, any surprise lean there. So. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of with everybody here. I don't think there's going to be a, 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 a Juliana Pena shock in the world uh, tomorrow
1: night. Uh, Brendan, we only got about like two minutes here, and I know you guys got the show obviously coming up tomorrow, so you'll give out all your picks. But I'm looking at these prelims, man, and I didn't realize how good this card was because I'm so deep into football, and now finally we have no college football really tomorrow. We got Dominic Cruz on the undercard, yep. Josh Emmett. Any? Uh, what's your best bet for the prelims or just the undercard tomorrow night?
2: I think if I was going to go with somebody who uh, is, on, is on the plus side, and Dan Ige, Josh Emmett uh, is, is a really, really great firefight between these guys. And, and Ige is, is a beast. Josh Emmett's been prone to some knockouts in the past, even though he's, he's also awesome. Um, that'd be somebody that'd be interested because th- that's one of those ones I feel like it's going to be a firefight either way. And, uh, and, and, and you usually could end with somebody just going to sleep really quick because these guys are going to try and put on a show. So that one interests me uh, very, very much. But uh, you're right, man. It's, it's a hell of a card coming up. Uh, Augusto Sakai and Tai Tuivasa is a really good one too. Two, two fat guys, all team bad body going in there. They're going <laughs> to slug it out. Probably going to end in the first round as well. Um, so I think those are the uh, the two ones. I mean, that's the basically pick them. I like Tai Tuivasa. Um, you know, especially you know Australia is riding high right now. He's got his boy George Campos, the new lightweight champ. So I think he wants to uh, to rep for his guys there, and he's also been on a big win streak. And I think that if he gets a win like this, it kind of vaults him back into uh, to heavyweight contention as well.
1: Thanks so much, man. Looking forward to the new show. Can't wait to
2: listen.
0: Congratulations.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime.
0: That was Brendan Tobin, who has a new show called Tapped Out on the BetQL Network. It is focused on MMA and boxing, handicapping, gambling, breakdowns. Saturdays, 5 to 7 Eastern on twitch.tv slash betql. It's also on betqlnetwork.com. It's also on the Odyssey app. And then if you can't watch it live or listen to it live because you're, I don't know, like playing with your kids or just being a maniac Pancake like Saturday. Pancake Saturday or just being a maniac like Ryan watching Army and Navy and a bunch of college basketball oh, games. Tomorrow
1: I'm watching us. I'm so excited. For this. So
0: excited. You can literally go anywhere that you can find your podcast to get their breakdowns because we have those on all of uh, podcasts on the BetQL network, on either Apple or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So that was fun.